This is Power 1 and 2 Digital, the Power Breakfast Show podcast series. January and welcome to the third hour of the Power Breakfast Show at Power 1 and 2 Digital. Let's take a quick look what our temperatures, what our weather is going to be like for today. Our temperature 25 degrees at Piaco, 27 at Crown Point. They're saying mostly sunny and breezy conditions are expected despite a few cloudy spells with showers occurring at times, particularly over Trinidad. Some cloudiness will persist into the night, increasing from midnight onwards with scattered showers likely. Alright? They're saying tomorrow is going to be very sunny and breezy. Yeah, copy and paste today. Alright? Let's take a look what's happening traffic wise. You make your way in. Yeah, it's heavy. Let's start out east from Grandy Police Station to what's the stretch you've got it. Yeah, going through, uh, taking Eastern Main Road from Arima Bypass, uh, after Demara Road heading east. You got some traffic, you head to Bregan Park, and then from Arima Old Road passing through Aruka, and then it really gets sticky after from Takarigua on the Eastern Main Road heading towards Mobile Junction. All right. Uh, of course, you're to Roosevelt Highway, Omera Road is busy, Golden Grove Road. Top to bottom, heavy, Trin City Central Road from the mall heading out. And of course, traffic is from Piaco heading towards Yui. Yeah, and that watch street there from Evans Street, it is heavy. Wow. Ibis Gardens to Kirap, heavy. Heavy again, even Sugar Guanas. And you'll ease up a little bit after Chin Chin Road, but after Monroe Road, you'll get some traffic, all right? Let's head down south to what it's looking like. Usual streets in San Fernando. It is busy, but if it's lighter than usual, that makes sense to you. But the solo is not too bad. Riverland Road and Hoover Main Road heavy. Uh, you'll get some traffic again just before Monroe Road as you head northbound. All right. That's a quick traffic update. Hopefully it'll help you out in one way or the other. All right. All right, guys, you there? I know Richard made his transition. I don't know. Richard doesn't right. log back in yet. But. He's not? All right. Well, let's get Mr. Vassan Barrett online, Paul. Yeah, Richard doesn't log back in yet, so. He's kind of old. He's like slow. He's a bit slow. Well, I guess. That too. But that's an ageist comment, so. Not because you're old, that doesn't mean you can move fast. Maybe you. 
That's Richard. Richard. That only applies to Richard. Well, we know Zena has moved fast. Zena has moved too fast. That's the problem. 807. Good morning to you. Never a dull moment in Trinidad and Tobago. Never Always something down. to talk about. Always. Always something to discuss. Never a dull moment. Anyway, we're standing by to connect with Vasan Bart, who we haven't spoken to for a while. And um, to discuss uh, what he thinks about, of course, he was he was also a minister of a past. He's online. Minister of Trade. Recording good morning, in progress. Hello, good morning. Good morning, Vasan. How are you? Sir. Happy New Year to you. I'm very well. Happy New Year to all of you guys. Thank you so much. Not not too late to tell you that. How are you? How is everything? How's the family? All very well. Thank you very much. Wonderful. Excellent. We just we just had two interesting conversations to start our conversation this morning. First with the Minister of Trade and then with uh, Rajiv Dipti of the Supermarkets Association. There were comments that the minister was a bit peeved about where the association and several other business leaders were suggesting that they don't intend to reduce prices until the end of the year. Uh, and uh, the minister was asserting that that should not be a statement that entities like the Supermarkets Association and their businesses should be making in light of the fact that they, while they've not returned to pre-pandemic rates, global supply chains are resolving and commodity prices are slowly reducing and freight costs are also reducing, which means that eventually we should see the benefit as consumers. What are your thoughts on the entire evolving scenario? I'm, I'm not sure what the initial statement was. Um, the initial the, statement was that um, Supermarkets Association indicated they did not intend to reduce prices before the end of the year. And other businesses oh. had indicated similar sentiments to the minister. Okay, fair enough. Okay. Um, well, at the, end of, uh, at the end of the day, Paul, and I think all of you, every the country recognizes that almost immediately as prices go up, uh, prices are reflected in that manner on the, on the supermarket shelves and elsewhere in the retail chain. And so there's no reason why if prices come down and they're likely, <clears throat> based on trends, to stay down or to continue to decrease, there's absolutely no reason why prices at the retail end ought not to go down immediately. Um, everybody understands, everybody has access to the internet, everybody, everybody who's in business or most of the people who are in business in international trade are aware of where prices are heading simply because of uh, what's happening around the world. And, and as you know, we are, we are price takers, so we uh, import 85% of what we consume. And so therefore, everyone can track what's happening with uh, supply chains, everyone can track what's happening with the cost of containers coming in out of the major ports. Um, everyone can track what's happening with countries uh, coming out of COVID and so on. So um, it's not that it that today the price is going to be this and tomorrow it's likely to escalate or it's going to stay where it is. Everybody understands that prices are coming down because of world conditions. So um, I, I am of the firm belief that uh, once that is a known factor, then prices should be reflected um, to show the decrease on the, sh on the on the retail and supermarket shelves. And I think it's um, not, um, I don't think it's a, a rational trend of thought to say that you're going to wait until the end of the year. And I, I'm assuming you mean the end of this year, uh, which is uh, 11 months away for those prices to be reflected. I don't think that's as reasonable a at all. As a former minister of Trinidad, other factors that may, that may contribute to 
supermarket saying that is it that they buy stocks so much in advance and stocks may have been purchased at a particular not rate and, uh, and freighted at a particular rate no um there are some commodities that um clearly you would have to purchase ahead of time i mean when i was at nfm many many years ago we started purchasing green um maybe with a three to four month cycle but in the majority of cases um what you see on the supermarket shelves are all readily available uh, around the world if, if one supplier doesn't have another will have and they're commodity items most food items are commodity items so they're easily and readily available from many sources around the world so it's not a question that you have to buy and hold um, six and eight months uh, supply at any given time what the minister really needs to do which is something that um, we had done in 2014 is to bring all of the players together when i when i talk about the players i'm talking about the importers uh, the wholesalers uh, and the retailers through the through the various um, organizations. So you have the Food Distributors Association, you have um, people who represent the wholesalers in, in Trinidad and Tobago, the major wholesalers, um, and the Supermarkets Association, and get them all together, try and understand what the pricing structures are. Because, you see, unless you can understand... Um, what the pricing structure is from the time the product is purchased, and that will be reflected in the price that the importer declares at customs and excise when the goods are imported, right the way through the chain to the time it meets, meets the consumer. Um, unless you can understand that, then you're always going to be given a six for a nine because everybody along the chain is going to say, it's not me, it's them. It's not me, it's the other person who is, is, is increasing prices. So I think the government and the Ministry of Trade in particular needs to get a handle on this and they need to take control of it. And when I say control, um, you know, I'm, I'm not talking uh, price control here. I'm talking about control of the process where you are, where, where you can use moral suasion because you are aware of what the information is along the chain. So if you figure that p- people along the chain, either the food distributor or the wholesaler or the retailer is actually making too much of a markup because you know what the starting price is, then you can you can impose some kind of moral suasion to make sure that uh, that the pricing that reaches the consumer is one that ref- that is reflective of the price paid initially with a decent markup and not an excessive um, price gouging markup. Uh, to be fair, minister, the minister did indicate that she intended to call these major stakeholders together for a meeting to see what can be uh, discussed in terms of resolution and, and, and moderating the situation, to, just to put it on the table. Is well, there but, but also the factor... Should have, that should have been done a long time ago. Yeah. The, could could also be one of the factors that the retailers are, 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 are inputting into the situation, the recent increase or decrease in subsidies on gas, which, of course, has a, a knock-on effect on everything, transportation of goods and services mm-hmm. in the local market or other, or other local contributing factors that you may be aware of? Well... At the end of the day, um, gas prices will affect um, the, the in, uh, increase in any in any factor, in any cost factor, will increase the final uh, product. But again, um, it, it's like uh, I'm not. I don't want to single out anyone particular. But it's like taxi fares, right? Gas prices go up and taxi fares go up. But is it a commensurate increase? How much? Uh, it, it does, if, if if gas prices goes up by a dollar a gallon does it mean that the taxi fare goes up by a dollar a gallon? Who's looking at this 
from a governmental perspective on advising consumers, and therefore, by advising consumers, uh, they're exercising a level of influence in terms of where the costs uh, uh, will go. You know, and, and this, is, this is work that needs to be done at governmental level, so that, because you can't expect the consumer to work out what would be the commensurate increase or percentage increase in taxi fare if gas prices goes up, goes up by a dollar. You understand for a particular route, or what should be the uh, commensurate increase in the in the price of butter if gas prices goes up, and as a result, the transportation costs uh, go up as well. So you you really do need some kind of um, I hate to use the word regulatory, but that's what it is. You, some kind of organisation within government, that, and maybe the, maybe the um, consumer affairs division needs to be more active in making those kind that kind of information available to the public. And so, therefore, as a direct result of that, exercising uh, a level of influence over where prices are. The Minister also spoke to the issue of consumer choice. Is there any choice in the market when the association makes a statement as they made regarding the the price? There is very little choice, Paul, and the reason is this. There are very very few, um, there there are fewer uh, food importers today than there were 10 years ago, simply because they've all been consolidated, generally been bought out by one another. And so you've ended up with very few um, choices as a direct result of, 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 in terms of pricing, because the importation of food in Trinidad and Tobago is probably concentrated in the hands of maybe three major importers. Uh, Many people don't know that uh, Massey Stores is a huge importer of, of, of products, and then, of course, they distribute to other supermarkets who buy from them. So in many instances, the price that you see reflected on the, on the trade at the retail level as, is, is as a direct result of the prices that these two or three major importers pass on to the wholesalers and retailers. Um, so there, there isn't very much choice, unfortunately, for the poor consumer. They've got to basically shop in the major supermarkets in most instances. And in fact, let's be honest, the smaller supermarkets are not going to be able to compete. The smaller mom and pop shops in the in the community are not going to be able to pass not going to be able to, to sell uh, their, their their products at the same price as a, as a Massey or a True Value or an Extra Foods, simply because they don't buy with the economies of scale. And they are receiving it in many instances third and fourth hand through a distributor and a wholesaler and a somebody else, and sometimes many of them buy from a, a retailer like Massey's directly and go and sell into their community stores with a 10% or 5% markup. So mm-hmm. there is very little choice as far as the consumer is concerned. So that, um, that really is an irrelevance uh, that, um, that the minister is talking about. That, that was my sentiment. Not, not only that, if, if you have a choice, you have to drive 30 miles to get it and use, and use the gas equivalent in, in savings you would have accrued. So it doesn't make sense anyway. And many people can't even go, go that route to, to drive. I want to talk a bit about uh, the RIC exercise now on the way with uh, yeah. the proposed TNTech rate hikes. Uh, we played a clip this morning. Steve, could you? Play? I don't know if I want to say the minister, yes. <laughs> but Mr. Barris uh, would have uh, heard the clip from the RIC official when when uh, presented with a, 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 a price from a consumer. And he said that uh, the average citizen or the small man doesn't have an AC unit 
in his house. So the 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 rate increase will not affect him. I thought it was a quite insensitive statement, my own opinion, because I do know that only um, above average persons have a season. But let me play the clip and then we'll come back and discuss it some more, please. Sure. You, your bill is 300. You're using about 700 kilowatt hours. And that's a lot of electricity for any small man. No small man uses that amount of electricity. Really? You have to have air conditioning in your house to be using 700 kilowatts. So, so that is not, a, that is not the average citizen. Okay. Now, that is just a small clip in a wider consultation discussion. Let me just say that. Because people are going to say, well, we play any one clip out of context, etc., etc. But really and truly, your thoughts on the sentiment of the official and the process being used to by the RIC presently uh, in terms of the consultations with a bid to the eventual increase in electricity prices? Well, Paul, in my humble uh, experience, um, these consultations are generally uh, after the fact that an organization has made up its mind what it wants to do. And really, these consultations are just a sham, in my opinion. It, it will have no uh, reflection on what the RIC does eventually, because if the RIC could have genuinely um, been able to show why it needs um, why it needs to have an, a, a rate increase. And secondly, if the RIC genuinely felt that a rate increase at this time was appropriate based on the financial conditions of the country, they will not need necessarily to do what they're doing currently. Um, they would have, there would have been some kind of public education exercise. They would have been able to justify why they need to do what they're doing. And this, the fact that, okay, electricity has rates haven't risen for 20 odd years, that, to me, that's not relevant. What is relevant is whether the, the public utilities that we utilize are efficient to start with. And I don't think that the majority of the population believe that either TNTEC or WASA are run efficiently um, with, with, with the best possible outcomes as far as the consumer is concerned. I am I, I, almost positive that most people believe that both TNTEC and WASA should, should properly put their house in order first before they come to the population um, looking for a rate increase. So th th that's my perspective on a possible rate increase. I don't think... What are your thoughts on the, on the, on the comment that, well, uh, com comparatively, Trinidad and Tobago enjoys the lowest electricity rate in the Western Hemisphere? Is is that material? Or as you said, is it more a function of whether or not the utility, the utility is providing the level of service it should in the context of what the country can afford? Well, um, two things there. What is always material, Paul, is how much money someone has in their pocket to spend. In other words, the purchasing power. So it is relevant to me what the price of electricity is or what the price of food is or what the price of anything is. Because if you've got enough money in your pocket because you're earning enough money and there are jobs available uh, to be able to get the opportunity to earn, then what you pay for a product is irrelevant because everything is relative in life. So... Um, the, the price of uh, electricity in many of the countries that you're now comparing with, um, the, it, it's higher, but wages are significantly higher. And the cost of living is not as high as what it is here. The cost of food, by comparison to uh, what, what a living wage is, 
is not as it doesn't constitute um, a, a, signif- a significant a part of the of the of the person's wage as it does here in Trinidad and Tobago. So everything is relative to what you've got in your pocket, what you what your earning capacity is. And in Trinidad and Tobago, we have let's be fair and let's be honest. People are struggling today with uh, with the with the burden of the cost of food. They're struggling with transportation costs. They're struggling basically with the cost of living. A lot of people are unsure of where their next meal is coming from, and that is not a political statement. That is a statement of fact. A number of people are unsure if they're going to be able to send their children to school tomorrow because they haven't got the transportation costs and so on. Uh, a number of people are unsure where they're going to get the next month's rent to pay. So when you put all of those things in context, I think it's the wrong time, uh, as it was the wrong time to implement property tax. Not that I have anything against property tax. I just don't think an added financial burden on the population, which an increase in water and electricity rates are, is warranted at this point in time. Welcome back, Richard. All right. Yeah, welcome. Um, thank you, um, Paul. You know, um, Vasant, I know when we have spoken to the Minister of Public Utilities, Marvin Gonzalez, and, and we raised the point or we raised the issue of is it the correct time, um, his response would have been, and Paul could correct me, was, well, when is there ever a right time that, you know, that you just have to do what you have to do um, in the circumstances that meet you? And and these are the circumstances right now, and hence they have to pursue the rate increase along this line to make things feasible and viable in terms of the government's pocket. How would you respond yeah, to Richard. that? Yeah, but Richard, at the end yeah, of the day, that was, the resp- that was also the response um, with by the Minister of Finance for property tax. If, if now is not the right time, well, then when is the right time? The fact is a government who is cognizant of the difficulties that a population is going through uh, must understand when the right time is. And the right time could never be when people are struggling financially to make ends meet. That could never be the right time. The right time for a WASA rate increase or a TNTEC rate increase is after the government has put its house in order and convinced the population that the 40 or 50% leakage we have in WASA lines across the country has been resolved and WASA is operating as efficiently as it can be, uh, and similarly with TNTEC. Um, and the, yes, the government can say, well, we don't have enough money to be able to do those things, and that's the reason why we have to either raise taxes or we have to raise, increase the rates. But, you know, there are a lot of money available through organizations like the IDB and through other organizations. I'm, I'm fully aware, I'm fully aware, and I'm not, I've not even said this before, I am, because I've, I've, I've met with officials in Washington who have told me this. I'm fully aware that there is money available to Trinidad and Tobago by many of the lending agencies, and two in particular, but I won't call their names, two in particular of $100 million U.S. million available to Trinidad and Tobago for uh, improving our utilities and other areas of infrastructure, but the government has refused to accept the money because there are conditions attached to it. And what are the conditions? The conditions are that the monies must be spent specifically for that purpose for which it's being lent. Okay, there's a 2% 
uh, loans, so it's almost like free money. And there has to be a level of transparency in terms of accountability of how the money is spent. And the government refuses to access the money because of those two conditions, that the, the money must be spent for the reason for which it has been loaned, and secondly, there must be a level of transparency in how the money has been spent. In other words, the government must, must account. If you say, I'm, gonna, I'm going to uh, improve the issue of leakage on Wasta Line by 10% this year, then you must fulfill that condition to access the next tranche. And the government has refused to do that. So money is available out there to do the productive things that we need to be able to relieve the population of the burden at this point in time. But it requires planning and it requires a level of commitment that election cycles aren't, you know, um, what drives a government's decision-making. But what drives government decision-making is what's best for the country and best for its citizens in the long run. Yeah. And I wanted to touch on the issue of pricing in terms of specifically of food. And, of course, everybody has, everybody, I think, groans when they go to supermarkets these days because it seems that every time you go, whether it be monthly or sometimes even weekly, prices have inched up and sometimes not even inched, jumped forward. Um, in terms of certain commodities. And of course, the issue of the price of vegetables and stuff, which might be a seasonal thing because of the flooding, etc. Um, and of course, you are former Minister of Agriculture, so you could weigh in on that. Um, that all of that contributes to the hardship that citizens feel like they're under attack in, their, in terms of their pocket and their available income to deal with just their survival. Um, so how do you... We had spoken to the Minister of Trade and she indicated that she was disappointed um, that Rajiv Dipti, the supermarket association, and she said some of the supermarket owner had said that prices would probably you see we, some. Yeah, we discussed that in the Oh, you did. Oh, yeah. sorry. Before you log back on. Yeah. Okay. But there's there's also another point. Uh, Richard was uh, um, made just the, the agriculture sector part. The agriculture sector, and. And I think that's where, again, some form of government action is required because I, I go to the Tunapuna market almost every Sunday morning. That's where I do most of my um, shopping for, for fish and, and, and vegetables and so on. And I was having a discussion this last Sunday with several, um, with, with several of the vendors because, of course, as you know, tomatoes is now about $20 a pound. Um, Baigan is was I think about 50, um, ten or twelve dollars a pound. Uh, everything had elevated over the has elevated in terms of pricing by two three hundred percent over the last few months. And I and I said to these guys, I said, well, so when prices going down, boy, and they said it's unlikely that prices will go down because Richard just mentioned oh because of flooding and so on. The reality is that we face in Trinidad now is that. Because of the high cost of chemicals and fertilizers that's coming into the country, which is unlikely to go down because of what's happening in Ukraine um, in the foreseeable future, and the tight supply of fertilizers and chemicals, it's unlikely that the price of any of the produce in the markets or any locally grown produce is going to go down. So consumers who might think, well, tomatoes might go back down to $5 a pound in now that we're in dry season and flooding finish and so on, they're in for a rude shock because prices are not 
going to go down. And so therefore, the consumer's pocket is not going to be in any way assisted. So again, I made, I made certain uh, recommendations at the Roadmap Committee and subsequently that what the government needs to be doing, which is what other countries are doing, they're looking at the cost of fertilizers, they're looking at the cost of, um, of chemicals, and they're finding a way to reduce the price ultimately to the farmer, either through subsidizing um, or, or, or through, um, well, obviously looking to manufacture um, a lot of it themselves. But at the end of the day, unless we can reduce those cost of inputs to the farmers in Trinidad and Tobago, and unless we can get the farmers to grow produce in a more efficient way um, rather than the, the, you know, the old traditional methods that they currently use, um, then we are going to be stuck with high food prices for a very long time, both imported and locally grown. How much of that also is, is, yes, I understand the state has a role to play in possibly subsidies on the imports of the, the inputs, uh, the fertilizers and stuff, but, but the farmers also, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, seemed to me in many instances unwilling or unable to transition to newer technologies in the farming, different approaches that have uh, uh, more yield or, or, or less vulnerabilities. Paul, it's a vicious cycle. First of all, it requires a hand-holding exercise, uh, simply because, remember that the majority of farmers in this country have, have been farming the same way for 50 years, 40 years, 30 years. Their children have, uh, have gone into farming in many instances um, because they are unable to get proper jobs, um, and they go into farming, and they farm the same way that their parents did. Just in the same way, and I've been a, a a huge advocate for doing it. Just in the same way that we developed uh, Point Lisas and we handheld Point Lisas through the difficult times in the 70s and Point Lisas became a world-class operation, we have to do exactly the same thing for food and for farmers in Trinidad and Tobago. It has to be a hand-holding exercise for a period of time until until we get younger people involved and interested and excited um, like we had started to do in 2010-11, get young people who understand technology and who can embrace technology and who will embrace new techniques, people out of the university who have gone through a, a period of three years or four years of, of um, rigorous... Um, but we've had work. scores of cohorts passing through universities, agriculture degrees, and we don't yeah, seem to... Out, them... No, they come out, Paul, with no opportunity at all. They come out oh. and there are no available. So, for example, I'd started a program in 2011 where we'd gone to universities, uh, both UTT and, um, and UE, and we said 100 students coming out of the BSc program in agriculture, in agri- any, agri-science, any agriculture uh, program, whether it's uh, pure agriculture or agri-science or any of those agri- ag- agri-based um, degrees, we will find jobs for you in the agricultural sector. And then we went to the farmers and we said, listen, we would like you to take these, I'm talking about the larger farmers, we would like you to take these people on board for one year. The ministry will pay half of their salary and you pay half of the salary. We went to people like Nestle and said, we want, we want, to, we want to get five or ten, I can't remember the number, of students into Nestle every year. We will pay half the salary as a ministry. You pay half. Now, 
for me, that was an investment by the ministry in the future of agriculture in Trinidad and Tobago. Because once these people had a year or two years experience in the sector in which they went to university to train for, then it's more than likely they would come out and they would be entrepreneurs or they would continue in the sector. All of that has fallen down. But the point I made earlier on is that we need to be looking at these things 10 and 15 and 20 years down the line, that what we do today will impact this country in 15 years' time. Not today for today or not for today. I didn't expect to get any, or any returns immediately. But if we understand as a country that that's what we require for the development of the particular sector that is absolutely necessary, then we've got to do the hard work now, and we're not doing it. But then it begs the question, how serious are we really about agriculture? When you look at the budgetary allocation to agriculture, when you look at the perennial song, and validly so, I'm not diminishing the, the issue anyway, perennial lastly, land tenure, et cetera, et cetera. We keep having these conversations. It, it, it's not intellectually beyond us, but we don't seem to have the will to stick it out or to be consistent in making inroads in this regard. But Paul, if we are convinced that we need to go a large to a large way in, in feeding ourselves, right? Which I, I think you ask the population, the majority of the population will say yes. We need to do a lot more to be able to feed ourselves and to be non-dependent on imported food. Okay, I think the vast majority of people will agree with that statement. If as a government, whichever government is in office, understands that that's what the country needs, is it beyond us as Trinidadians? Are we so stupid? Are we so inept that we are unable to put in place programs that will bring those things about. People go to the moon, right? They go all over the, the, people do all kinds of things, right? Why is it that we in Trinidad and Tobago are unable to be able to do something as basic as feeding ourselves? Uh, and I'll tell you why. It's because we operate on a five-year cycle for this election and the next election. We're never planning properly for the future. And that's the reason why. It's as simple as that. I, I, I fully I, agree. But it's, it's uh, unfortunate because we're caught in, that, caught in the cycle. And in addition to that, Paul, and I've said this many times on your program, in addition to that, if you put people, okay, and I'm not specifically talking about this Minister of Agriculture, but if you put people generally in positions who are unable, just when I say unable, I mean just not able, then you, what what? You know, what outcome are you expecting to get? If, if you go on the operating table and you're, you're for a heart operation and they send the mechanic from next door to check you out, what outcome do you expect? Is, is it a, a, a philosophical issue? Because my mindset is, if we are spending, is it $5 billion? How much is it every month, uh, food import bill? I forget. The food it, import it, bill is between five and six billion dollars. Yes, annually or monthly? Annually. No, annually. Annually, right? Yeah. If we were to make inroads into agriculture and reduce that by one fifth, wouldn't it affect the merchant class somehow? Yes, of course. That part Absolutely. of the issue. I am sure it is. <laughs> Philosophically, <laughs> isn't that part of the issue? No one, someone doesn't want to damage that cohort of profits because if we were to reduce it by one quarter in the next 
10 years or five years it would it would impact the prop the, the, the profit margins of the of the merchant class well if you were to read the um full production plan 20 i think it's 2011 to 2012 to 2015 which was produced uh when i was minister of agriculture you will see that we had a plan to reduce the food import bill by 10 percent um, a year per year over a five-year period. We had, it, we had it actually specified how we were going to do it. It wasn't just a, a blanket statement that, oh, we're going to do this. There was a plan that was documented and available to the public as to how we're going to do it and how we're going to do it in terms of how much land was going to come into active production every year, where the land was going to come from. We'd identified certain areas across the, across the country where we were going to actually... Um, plant, what, whatever we're going to plant, where the, where, what the yields were going to be based on the different types of strains that we were going to, for example, in, with rice production, um, we, our yield in rice is probably a quarter of our Guyana's yield in rice is per acre of land. And there's a reason for that. We continue to use the same old seeds year after year after year, despite the fact that the farmers are saying, listen, we're having to work four times as hard to get the same levels of yield because because of the kind of seeds we're using, right? So uh, because of kinds of strains uh, that we're using. So we actually had a plan that was documented, that was put out into the public domain, that we made ourselves accountable for to the population. Every time I spoke on a platform, I'm not on a political platform, but a a platform afforded me as Minister of, of Agriculture, I spoke about what we were doing when we were doing it, and to hold me and the ministry accountable for it. In fact, many instances I'd go back to the ministry and they say, Minister, you you really said so and so. I said, yes, I said it because we can do it and we will do it. And that's what we were able to do. In fact, in 2011, if you look back at my um, debate in the the parliament, I said, I stood up and I said, last year we said we're going to do this. We've exceeded it by so much. I said we're going to build 210 pounds. We built 350 pounds. I said we were going to do um, 100 kilometers of road, we did 220 kilometers of road. And, 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 and I went along like that. We made ourselves accountable by the, to the population by putting it out there and talking about it and causing the ministry to be able to have the necessary pressure put on, 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 on the staff to be able to make sure that it got done. And that's what needs to be done. You need to have a level uh, of commitment uh, that's driving this whole process if we truly believe we want to do it. But yes, you're going to be stepping on some toes. Okay, but I think if you convince the population that that's what you're doing and you're doing it for the right reasons, you're going to get buy-in from the population. Well, you're going to be stepping on some very powerful lobbying toes. Yeah, you, yeah, that's fine. But that's why you're there to make those decisions, right? That's why well, you... It, it, that's it why depends on if, if that's the administration's actual philosophy, because I hear a lot of talk about we need to feed ourselves and we need to increase agriculture, but I don't see a consistent, as you say, thrust. And then the election cycle changes the direction and the momentum, and we are where we are now. Yeah, absolutely. There, there, there appears to be very little political will. Um, I mean, it's every government, right? I mean, even the government I was part of went and bulldozed agricultural crops, having... Um, stated categorically in our manifesto that we were very supportive of food production in Trinidad and Tobago. In fact, if you remember, prior to me becoming Minister of Agriculture, the name of the ministry was Minister of Agriculture. 
and it was converted subsequently to show the emphasis uh, to, uh, um, to, uh, to highlight what the focus was. The ministry's name changed to Ministry of Food Production, Land and Marine Affairs. Yeah. Ah. This is a conversation that sometimes starts to depress me, to be very honest, because, I mean, we have I've been having these conversations on here 15, 20 yes, years, honestly. It, and it must be depressing. It's, because it's frustrating it's to not, me because I've had them for 20 years on here. Yes, of course, and it's not, and you know as well as I do, it is not because of lack of expertise. It is not because of lack of talent. It is just lack of political will. All right. Uh, any thoughts on the political evolutions in the country? <laughs> the governance evolutions? I, I don't think I don't think evolution is the correct word. Eight forty three. Eight forty three. Quite the opposite. Quite the opposite. I think we are I think we're regressing significantly. Um and, and, and that is uh, not um pointed at any one side that's um, on both sides. I think we're regressing. I mean, I, I yesterday I, I congratulated um, Richie Sukai for um, for his elevation to the post of senator. Uh, he's the kind of person, in my opinion, that um, the country needs. He's, you know, he's well qualified. He's a good-looking guy. He's, you know, he, sta- he has strong family values. Um, he has served as the um, president of the chamber in Shiguanas for quite some time. His family is, um, you know, an established one in the community. But I see this morning Alan Roberts going after him in, in the most despicable way. You know, I mean, it, 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 it shows you the level of... Um, it shows you the level of politics and discussion in this country that people are willing to accept because Roberts will not be behaving like that if his language um, and his disposition was not acceptable to some people in the country. And that, that is a, a tragedy for Trinidad and Tobago. When people like that are allowed a voice and it's acceptable to, you know, to, to some people in this country, I mean, maybe even larger, and, and worse yet, acceptable to, his, to the party of which he's a member and who he represents in the Senate. It's despicable. But it and, and then that's why people who, who want to make a contribution are reluctant and reticent to do so because then you open yourself up to unwarranted, unsubstantiated vitriol. And you, you wonder, well, why am I putting myself and my family in that position? Yeah. yeah Someone yeah, has to do it. Yeah, yeah, I mean, but, but then, you see, that is why the people who actually get involved uh, of similar, uh, are people of similar ilk and character of Robert, uh, because that uh, like attracts like, right? And um, birds of a will stick together, and the, and the decent, law-abiding people in the country really want to have no part of it. But unfortunately, it's the decent, law-abiding people in the country who eventually suffers. And it's the, it's the, the, the decent citizen, the majority of whom, uh, I mean, the majority of Trinidadians are decent, law-abiding um, citizens not seeking any trouble, just want to live, live their life. They're the ones who suffer as a result because when you have people like Roberts and people like of that ilk in office who are really um, 
have no levels of competence other than a big mouth. Um, they are the people who eventually get into government and become ministers. And then you wonder why we don't have a food security program or you wonder why, um, you know, um, crime is at an all-time high. You, remember, or you, you know, simply because you have people who are incompetent, um, just have a big mouth, um, and it's, um, they're the ones who get there because, you know, they shout the loudest. 8.47. Thank you for being with us this morning. It's always my pleasure. Always a pleasure to have a chat with you. Yeah. Be safe out there. Uh, thank you. All right. Thank you. All the best. All the best. Man. Right. Recording stopped. 8.47. Guys, yeah. I have to leave early because I'm meeting to log on to in five minutes. Oh, whatever, whatever, whatever. Wow. You see, I have anxiety. <laughs> I can't, even, I can't even excuse myself, really. He buffered me down the place. Vasa not about big more people in the wrong places, you know. You understand? And one jump out now. Vitriol. You know? You all have a great day. Be safe. I will keep my okay, composure. Paul. <laughs> okay, Paul. You have a, a wonderful day, too. I must log off and press end without um, uh, letting Steve be the, the host. It would have cut you off too, yeah. which is not necessarily a bad thing, but mm. I bad. won't do that. Just transfer it to me. All right, thank you, Paul. See you in a bit. It's now, it's now yours. I'll I leave you in the capable hands of Richard Wagabassing, big that's, mouth. That's all right. That's all right. That's all right. We'll take some of your calls. We have a couple of minutes. Uh, let's hear what you have to say. 222-8255. 612-8255 and of course tool free North Americans give us a buzz 866-525-1099 alright um, of course you're wondering about traffic it really hasn't it, it eased up a bit if you're heading towards the interchange but you got some traffic from Freeport heading towards Chicagonas alright and that Chicagonas main road is quite heavy this morning but it's pretty easy from Yui towards Barataria and then you'll get a little volume head in the port of Spain. A little busy, all right? Um, yeah. Pick my music. I have one song to play. Who's going to tell me? The third person to tell me which song to play, I'll pick that song. The third person. Why the third? One or oh, two equal three. Something like that. All right, I'll, I'll pick whatever the third person wants me to play. All right. Um, yeah. We missed a nice little lime there, Richie, last night. Yeah. It was a nice lime. Of course, uh, attorney at law Om Lala hosted um, folks of the media last night. It's a nice little lime. It was, it was very friendly, I'll tell you that much. You had people coming up and say, I'm so and so from soon, and you are. And it was a nice mingle. And of course, he didn't have any photographers because he said, put down your camera and enjoy yourself. So that was his idea. And it worked out really, really nice. Some nice finger food there, boy. Uh, let's get to our lines. Good morning. Good morning, gentlemen. Morning. Yeah. <clears throat> well, um, I heard the former minister, Vassan, there, and I support him. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Yes. You yes. have to move away from your device. What I think, I, I turn the radio down when I should turn the phone down. Oh. Um, uh, I supported Vasant um, 
when he made a bid to be leader of the UNC. I didn't think he was going to get traction because of uh, he's not Anil Roberts. Anil Roberts has a better chance of gaining traction, and that is a lot because, um, you know, the, the work and the experience and the capabilities and the success Asanda's had, it was apart. Um, one thing I also support is whatever you can do for yourself, a kind of self-help. In the area of agriculture, there's flower pot gardening now. A, a plant needs so much root space and so much sunlight, so much head space. Then. And a lot of plants can grow in buckets of various sizes. And um, I call it flower pot gardening, container gardening, they're calling it. But I've decided to call it flower pot gardening for greater identification with what you, how you can implement it. Uh, if people grow things in flower pots, they say, I, I don't know how to grow this and I don't know how to grow that. You can stick it right in that same environment, you know, and, and it grows. Now, you're not going to get the kind of performance that you see people who are doing hydroponics and grow box and what have you, with everything being timely and testing the pH and all these uh, perfect. But plants generally do well even without us, you know. So you're going to get something... And, and if people really want to grow things, there's flower pots, there's troughs, there's beds, you know, uh, it's soil, and then there's robots where you kind of control that, that environment, that substrate environment. It could be an inert environment. It could even be with soil mixed into whatever you're using. And there's a whole variety. But the thing is, the plants want to grow. And they want to reproduce, so they will produce whatever fruit, and uh, they will do whatever they do once you give them that minimum opportunity, and then you can start to optimize, you know? And that, that's how I kind of introduce it to people who say, I don't know what to do, and I don't know anything about that. The plant wants to do it. You start it off in a minimum environment with your minimum knowledge, and you expand your knowledge, and you do it better as you go along. Thank you. All right. Thank you so much. All right. Uh, do we have time for one more call? Charles, where is it? Where is it new song, Charles? I'll, somebody asked me a new song here. Okay. It's called Sir Charles. Is that not Sir Charles? Yeah, I'm not Sir Charles. Promises never materialize. Is that a new track? Yep. All right. Let me let folks know that um, Furniture Plus Carnival Countdown is on. Shop queen mattresses starting from $899. Get certain perfect rest pillows from $80 and enjoy massive savings on certain and Sealy mattresses. Limited time offer. Check price on social media for details. All right, all happening at Furniture Plus. I really need to get those. I need to get a couple of those certain perfect rest pillows. Yes, I really do. But just time. Time, I tell you. All right, so let's get into this. What those pillows for your belly? Uh. Tell Richard to listen to that song carefully when you play. All right. You hear what Charles said? He said, "Tell Richard listen to this song carefully when I play it." Yeah, and there's a there's a reason for that. There's a reason for that, and Richard, because when 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 they'll come tomorrow, you have to oh yeah, when is Monday? You have to play it for him. All right. So let's hear Charles. Tomorrow, Friday, Friday. Yeah, Friday he'll be here. Alright, what's your first song called, Charles? Something Ride? 
Ride down. Ride down. Ride That's down. right. So follow up to ride down. We have Charles. It's a commentary song. So let's take. I haven't heard it yet. Uh, it's called Promises Never Materialize. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. This is your neighborhood MP. Your last representative has been doing nothing for you. I promise to take care of all of your needs. Better roads, more water, less taxes. Vote for me. And I promise to take care of all your needs. Lord, put a hand and help me to deal with politician. Oh Lord, I beg you please, for these politicians, we need a ease. They promising this, they promising that. Them bank account alone getting fat. The people crying out, Lord, we need a break. There's so much promises, they what we take. It's rocket exemption and motocar. Getting tax right off and selling after. Oh Lord, what a sight to see. The vultures raid in the treasury. Dr. Rowley stand up bowl in the parliament. He could not put a cap on the exempt. But when was time for him to act? He can't interfere with people contract. The people crying out, Lord, we need a break. Keep the promises you make. It's how much promises you want we take. Keep the promises you make. I'm fed up of all the scandal and lies. His promises never materialize. The teething right in front we are. He's trying to get in everything. Just know we had to ask Charles for a loan among the money he'll get. All right, fellas. This is where we're going to wrap it up. This um, oh, Lord. Richard trying to sing it now, Charles. Oh, Lord. He's going to wreck your soul. Yeah, you need chorus. All right, Rich. Let's wrap it up. 
Alright, so tonight the bagel, it is Thursday. So put a smile on your face, please, because the weekend begins tonight at a second after midnight. Yep, that's when we start. So of course tomorrow is Friday. We'll be back by daily tomorrow morning to take you to the weekend because you know no other morning program on planet Earth celebrates the weekend like the fire breakfast. Yeah, is. know it. So we we'll see you Friday tomorrow morning. Have a fantastic day and have a good one. All right. Thank you, Richie Rich. Because Wendell will join us uh, tomorrow uh, on the Power Breakfast Show. Folks, keep it locked on. Thank you for choosing Power 102 Digital. Listen every weekday for our live show starting at 6 a.m. Remember, like, share, and subscribe. Power 102 Digital.